Hallmarkies podcast. We're so excited today. We are here to talk about the new show for Hallmark Movies. And now we're talking about When Hope Calls, a spinoff. And this is our little preview that we're doing, like we like to do with all the television shows. And I'm Rachel, and I'm so excited to have a new guest co-host today. Uh, we have Cammie Clements uh, from, uh, she has a blog, hookedhardy.com. And Cammie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Hi, everybody. Yes. So why don't you uh, take a second and uh, introduce yourself uh, to uh, our listeners and tell us a little bit about how you got started watching One Calls the Heart and Hallmark Channel. Okay. Well, um, I'm Cammie Clements. I'm from Texas. I am a mom of four, two boys and two girls. I have a, one of my youngest, his name is Jonathan and we call him Jack and I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I discovered One Calls the Heart when I was pregnant with my third. Uh, I had horrible insomnia and so I was uh, watching Netflix and I had seen commercials for When Calls the Heart and I told my husband, because we were in the middle of watching Once Upon a Time at, mm -hmm. that, at that point, and I looked at him and I looked at the TV and I said, I'm not getting started on that show. And he said, why not? It looks like something you would enjoy. I said, no, I'm not going to be a slave to another TV show. I'm not doing it. And then, of course, I couldn't sleep one night and I was feeling horribly sick and I finished watching something and uh, One Calls the Heart came up in my in my uh, suggestion and so I said okay fine and so I clicked on it and then I watched and I said "Ooh, next episode <laughs> and then I watched and then I said okay next episode <laughs> so where did you start watching how many seasons had, had gone through? I started right before season three so I binged watched season one and season two and then I watched the first two episodes of season three on demand, and then I was caught up. Okay. And with season, I watched season, four seasons. I watched four seasons. Oh. Yeah, and then we covered season five and covered season six. That's, so you came late in the game. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty late in the game. I never watched the show. And so what was it that really appealed to you about the show? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, number one, I'm a very conservative person, and I love clean family entertainment. And I also am a huge hopeless romantic. Uh -huh. So when you put clean media and romance together, you got me hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I was completely gone. And I remember I wrote on Facebook, I discovered the most beautiful show today. Maybe it won't win any Emmys. Yeah, it's a little cheesy sometimes, but it is incredible. And everyone out there needs to watch it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's especially, I felt like season, the first couple seasons were a little slow for me. I felt like it, 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 got much better once you had uh you had rosemary and leland there i thought that they just really added some energy and uh i don't know because i just liked them so much they were funny they were somebody i could relate to more than to elizabeth or jack and i thought that that made the show quite a bit better once they joined i'll be completely honest with you 
season two was torture for me. <laughs> I, I was so glad that I was binge watching it because I couldn't. Oh, yeah. if, I, if I had been going week to week, I would have just been so hopeless feeling. But luckily yeah. I made it through. And now I can go back and say, okay, I like this about season two. I like this uh -huh. about season two. And I agree, Lee and Rosemary, you know, those two characters are just amazing. And I heard Pascal or was it uh, Kevin? I can't remember which one, but one of them said in an interview with Edify Films that neither one of them did a chemistry test with the other. It, uh -huh. was, it was complete coincidence. So they were, yeah, they were absolutely fantastic. I will admit that I loved season one because uh -huh. I, once again, hopeless romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and how did you feel about how they handled season five with the, with the big, uh, <laughs> big Jack death? Ooh. Uh -huh. Well, so here's the funny thing. I had given birth about two or three weeks prior. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to my son, Jonathan, whom I call Jack. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> So... It was a it was a hard recovery. My daughter gave me a cold, and so it was it was a very very emotional and physically draining time anyway. And so then I saw the episode before, and I thought there was still a chance that they had thrown a curveball. Uh -huh. You know, maybe she just didn't let the Mountie finish. Maybe he was okay. And then I watched the episode and I, I was sobbing. You would have thought that I had lost a family member. I was crying and sobbing and I was inconsolable. Uh -huh. And and that would happen periodically over the next several weeks. <laughs> but uh, I think that they did the best that they could with the situation because in my personal opinion, recasting him would have just been awkward mm -hmm. with the screen chemistry that Daniel Lissing and Aaron Krako developed and were so famous for, it would have felt odd to recast him. It wouldn't have been the same. And then, you know, how else would, how else would Jack leave? He wouldn't just leave her because their love was too strong. My problem yeah. was, is that I felt like the show is a very romantic show in the sense of the romantic period with, uh, where you ha would have like people, people dying of a broken heart, you know, like very, uh, you know, over the top kind of romantic gestures, things like that. And that's to me, the show is very, uh, is, is very classical romance, romanticism. And I felt like the, the I felt like the ending was clunky and I felt like it was cold and I think that what I would have done if you know and everybody can play a second uh, same as but thing I think would have made sense for the show is to film one scene where you have uh, he gets scarlet fever right or something like that and you have her holding his hand and it's more sort of a and he says his last words. And that to me feels so much more in keeping with the tone and the feel of the show. 
as opposed to a Mountie coming up on a horse with a telegram. That to me seemed very cold to me and it didn't fit with the show. And I, I think that, uh, that it was very poor planning. If they really knew 18 months before that he wanted to get off the show, then why on earth would you not have that wedding sooner? That makes no sense to me. And you can have that. I mean, I, I think they should have done the wedding for the Christmas special. I mean, at the very least, if not in the finale of the previous season. So that way the, 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 the Hardys can have more than two episodes <laughs> with them married. I mean, it was just, it wasn't well done, I don't think. It wasn't well planned, it wasn't well. Uh, and it, I just didn't feel, I felt like the people that were fans of the show deserved better than a Mountie on a horse with a telegram. That to me did not fit with the show at all. And so anyway, that's kind of my little spiel on it. But but you know, I, I was never that invested like you were uh, in the Jack and Elizabeth relationship. I enjoyed more sort of the ensemble of the show more. And so it wasn't as, it didn't, it didn't bother me as much, but I just didn't feel like, I felt for the people that were fans because I felt like it wasn't handled very well. And I feel like a lot of the people involved were very kind of, I don't know, not the best about how they handled the constructive criticism about it, which was frustrating. But anyway, Anna, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, and they, you know, it's, it's very interesting because then they had the whole Lori Laughlin thing well, this last season and that I think was handled way better. <laughs> I think that I mean it's it's a different situation, uh, but uh, I think that uh, it was just so seamless. I could not believe that they were able to edit her out of so much of the show and make it just like she's a major character. I was so I was amazed that they did that so well. Yeah, they did really well with that. I think that the biggest thing that we have to consider is that there are a lot of channels that they had to go through and hoops that they had to jump through to make everything work. I, I fully agree. I would have liked to see the wedding sooner because I know a lot of people who are of the opinion that once the characters marry, the romance stops. And that's a right. lot of times how shows play is the end of the show is the wedding. And no, the romance carries on, life carries on. It's how you handle challenges together. And so I definitely would have loved to see more married time with Jack and Elizabeth, but there are channels going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. There are you know, uh, filming schedules that we don't know what they are. So yeah, maybe it could have been better, but I think they they were trying to handle an incredibly heart-wrenching situation because they knew that every hearty in the world was going to be horribly devastated when Daniel Lissing left. And that was, you know, he was ready to move on and and pursue other dreams and right. other projects and good for him, but it was going to be difficult. So... I don't know. I, I, I was not over the moon with how it was handled, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be horribly angry at anybody either. And yeah. I also, and I also think that the way that they have incorporated Jack's memory into season six has been absolutely incredible. And, yeah, the, han and the handling of the two suitors where Jack is concerned has been 
amazing. So yeah, I, yeah, I've I, been, I've been very pleased with that. Yeah. I, I thought the season six was excellent. I liked uh, how it felt more of an ensemble show than, uh, than other seasons. And you got to sort of know some characters that you maybe hadn't had as much time with before. I and agree. I was just so impressed with everything that they did with the whole, like I said, the whole Lori Laughlin thing. I thought that they handled that perfectly. I could not believe how seamless it was. I just I mean it was amazing to me that you can cut out a major character and have it just be flawed like no idea I mean we were all looking 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 to see if we could see her you know in crowds or anything and no so that was very impressive but anyway yeah so they did a good you know good job and I think that they won a lot of people over with that sixth season despite the challenges with Lori I agree yeah Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. It's kind of our history with One Calls the Heart. Uh, you can check out all of our podcast recaps of the last two seasons of One Calls the Heart, including the movies. I'll put a link in that playlist down below. But now we're talking When Hope Calls <laughs> is the main reason for this podcast. Let's do it. So this is a spinoff uh, of uh, When Calls the Heart, and uh, it is going to be airing on uh, Hallmark Movies Now. And how do you feel about that? The fact that they are creating a spinoff for a streaming service that you have to purchase. I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased because I'm broke at the moment. So, (laughs) so I am, I am getting the app to watch the show and I'm going to, I have ordered it. So it is a little bit more difficult simply because my husband and I are trying to save money for a lot of different things. And so it, it makes it difficult, but I know that you have to share the wealth and we have to be able to spread things around to the different channels and the different apps to get everything up and running. Yeah. I just wish that they would, uh, I know it must be complicated with rights and stuff like that, but I wish that they would put the movies uh, that air on Hallmark Channel onto the streaming service uh, that that way I wouldn't have to worry about having it on my DVR. I could just have the streaming service and that would be it. You know, I wish it was more. That would be awesome. It's own separate thing. Honestly, if if they could make this uh, Hallmark uh, sufficient, you know, like it, that you could get all the Hallmark content all on this one app, kind of like say they're doing with Disney Plus. If they could do that, then I I wouldn't even need Comcast except for internet. It would be great. I could just have this because I have like others, you know, like I have CBS All Access. I have, you know, this is the age of the streaming wars. And uh, so, you know, it's almost uh, given that they're going to do it. I am kind of impressed by the quality of what I'm seeing. I, I thought that, uh, that the preview show that Kevin McGarry did, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that. I did. Yeah. But the, the preview show, I thought it was one of the best produced and executed preview shows that Hallmark has done. I mean, usually those preview shows are so cringy and so like, are not like natural at all. And then they bring in the puppies for no reason. And, and, <laughs> and this was way better, I thought. And I was like, wow, they're really, and then you look at that set that they did and we're going to talk oh, more it's about amazing. That. Yeah, I'm like, wow, they're really putting money into this. Like as much as One Calls the Heart, if not more so, honestly. It looked really nice. And 
I, so I, I do appreciate that, that this isn't just some kind of uh, spinoff kind of cash grab. It feels it's like- It's not a throwaway. Good. Yeah, which I think is cool. And so, yeah, I know it's tough. Uh, uh, most of us these days have three, four, you know, cause I got Hulu and then I'll have Disney plus, and then I'm going to have uh, Netflix and you know, just start to pile on <laughs> after a while. Definitely. <laughs> but anyway, so this starts August 30th. And we're going to have two episodes together and we're going to try to recap uh, after every episode. Uh, we're going to do our best and it's going to go every Friday through October 25th. And so that should be pretty fun. We're, our goal is going to try to have to record the recaps on Saturday morning and then uh, post them either on Saturday or on Sunday, depending on how much time I have that particular day. And so that should be really fun. And, and yeah, what was your, so you saw the previous show. What was your overall sort of feel about the show? Are you pretty excited about it? Well, really quick, I just wanted to put in one thing that unless plans change, there's a tweet fest planned. For anybody who's interested, it's going to be on the 30th, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, great. So, uh, great so if you want to, yeah, if you want to join in on that, 5 p.m. Pacific time on the 30th, you can start watching and we can start a tweet fest. Do you know what hashtag they're using? Uh, so hashtag when hope calls, hashtag Hardee's. And then a couple of uh, a couple of handles, uh, probably Hallmark movie. Yeah, Hallmark movies now, mm-hmm. and I think Heart and Home, the Canadian channel. Oh, I can't okay. I can't remember the official name of it, but the uh, but yeah, Heart and Home. Okay, so I'm putting that in my calendar. Yeah, they they spent 11 weeks to construct this set, and they have a whole. Uh, town that uh, they uh, have made and uh, it's a they built it from the ground up unlike the Jamestown set that they use for one calls the heart so I mean this was a really big effort and then they have those uh, they have the orphanage house uh, and then they have uh, the uh, another barn or something a ranch house ranch house okay yeah A a ranch and a barn that belongs to the character Chuck and his mother Tess. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it looked really impressive. I did. I, yeah, I I thought that house looked amazing, uh, especially the orphanage. It looked really good. I'm pretty sure that the orphanage is their biggest set. And yeah, it, it supposedly is over nearly three thousand square feet. Yeah, amazing. The orphanage, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And there's a, a whole office for the Mountie. And Did you love that part of yeah, the preview? that was pretty funny. <laughs> With Kevin McGarry saying, well, office is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we last saw him, he was still sharing with Bill, poor guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we got introduced to the two lead characters uh, in One Calls the Heart, The Chris- Greatest Christmas Blessing. Uh, and uh, what did you think of that special? Did, uh, did you like it? Yeah. And I thought that I really loved the backstory of Lillian and Grace because it was very intriguing 
and we didn't know too much about it, but we were given just enough to get the idea and we knew that something was coming with them. And so they left enough to mystery that would make us interested to go and watch, but we knew enough about them to start to love the characters. Yeah, there was some really cute stuff in that episode. It was one of my top 10 of Countdown to Christmas last year. I thought it was really well done, especially Opal giving up brownie. I just oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I, I was in tears. I was in tears when <laughs> Opal gave up brownie. It's the sweetest thing ever, but I, I'm going to miss yeah. I'm gonna miss brownie. I know. Well, they, they didn't really ever talk about it again in the season. I kind of wish they had. But, uh, but yeah, it was really, really cute. And yeah, so Lillian and Grace, and you find out that they were, uh, they were orphaned as, uh, kids, uh, as, as toddlers. And one of them was, uh, was adopted, uh, and one of them wasn't. So they were separated and now they've reunited as adults. And their goal is to have this orphanage that they're going to, uh, going to raise and do they have any other source of income is this is like the state funding this orphanage do we know or are they gonna it doesn't sound like it it sounds like this is their source of income how they are going to make that income I don't know part of it is that they are putting the orphanage in Lillian's adopted family's house uh -huh. this is this is her old home that they're putting it in and so that's going to save money on facilities. But it doesn't sound like there's any other source of income. I could not be wrong. not a farm or ranch no. of any kind there at the orphanage. So they have to make, in order to pay for the children, they have to have some kind of income. I so. would assume that there's going to be something because with, I mean, I don't know about financial aid yeah. back in the day of the 1900s but i would assume that get some kind of grant would, or something yeah that there would be some kind of governmental help i don't know a thing about canadian government back in that time so right i'll have to ask my sister-in-law she's canadian yeah so, <laughs> i'll quit I'll, qu I'll quiz her i'll quiz her on her canadian history <laughs> and so the town is called brookfield and uh this supposedly set in 1916 so early turn of the century there. And so Jocelyn Hoden plays uh, the uh, plays Grace. Right. And uh, she says that uh, she says that uh, she, uh, she said that about the show, it will be why it'll be why they love when it calls the heart, but I think we made it a little bit our own. Is I noticed this, that too. Yeah, it's the same values that when calls the heart has with a new twist and new characters and we we know that she is it was kind of funny to me because she describes herself she, she describes grace as happy optimistic and positive which made me laugh because that's the same thing three times yeah <laughs> <laughs> she is so cute jocelyn Huden is so cute <laughs> uh, she did also say quirky but it was yeah. funny to me i'm like you just described happy three times optimistic and positive but uh but yeah no i really like her i actually i mean i liked her in the greatest christmas blessing but then she was in this uh friend from friend of fiance in may i saw that see that yeah and i thought she was so good in that I thought she was so nerdy and cute and i loved her laugh and and so she really won me over and i'd love to have her on the podcast one of these days oh but, yeah 
So I think she's going to be really fun. And it seemed like her and Morgan uh, Cohen, who plays Lillian, I think they're going to have nice chemistry together. And uh, she's the one who was adopted. So she's like a little bit more, I think, secure, and but also sort of nervous about trying to welcome Grace into the, into the town and into the house and making sure, you know, she searched for her sister, finally found her. And she's sure the, the older sister. So yeah, she feels... Sister. She feels that older sibling responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, we don't know how many uh, kids, in the, in the preview, they didn't really talk about the kids at all, the orphanage kids. No, they some, didn't. Yeah, that would be fun. I guess that's something we'll get to see. I mean, we had some in the preview show. I mean, in the um, Christmas Blessing, we had some cute kids. And yeah, and that's what, that was one of my questions. I, I want to know, where's Millie? They made yes. this, this big deal about Millie and her sister. And I have a friend who was convinced that Henry Gowan was going to make the crossover into When Hope Calls from When yeah. Calls of the Heart. I said, no way. He's not going to leave When Calls of the Heart. And she said, no, no, he's going to go adopt Millie and her sister and he's crossing over to When Hope Calls. I said, I, okay, I, am, I guess we'll see. I am kind of surprised that they didn't build the show around one of the cast members. And maybe it was just uh, that, you know, they just lost two cast members. I don't know what what went into that decision but that's usually how spinoffs work is most spinoffs like you'll have mary teller more show and then rhoda gets her own show and then that's a spinoff and and lou grant gets his own show that's a spinoff phyllis gets her own show spinoff and so that's usually how spinoffs work is they 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 take a lead character from one show or like joey from friends you know and usually they're terrible but they take a, a character from a successful show they separate them from that show. They have them leave, and then they build a whole new show based on this other character. I mean, uh, the best example is probably Frasier, because he was a character on Cheers, and then they spin it off into his own show. And so I am a little bit surprised. The one that I could have seen uh, that, that would have been the spinoff is maybe, I kind of thought for a while it might be uh, Carson was the one that I thought, oh, maybe uh, he, cause there was, I don't know, can, once they started the romance and I was like, oh, probably not. But, but he seemed like somebody who could have been a, a candidate, but I was surprised they didn't go that way. I think that this style is going more towards what they did with the TV series, Jag. I don't know if you saw that uh, starring mm -hmm. Catherine Bell back in the day, Yeah. But, uh, but this is the same kind of thing that they did with Jag. There was Jag for a really long time, and then they did a crossover episode with the new characters from NCIS. Hmm. And so they brought in the NCIS characters on the Jag episode. Then they went off and did NCIS. They started that, and they had some Jag characters go and make appearances on NCIS. So I think that's what they're, I think that's the style that they're doing here because if you noticed in the preview special, we got the character of Nathan, we got the character of Rosemary, we got the character of Lee, and that's just the only, that's the only three we saw, but who knows who else is going to show up in Brookfield by the time, uh, <laughs> by the time the series is done. I, do you think that Elizabeth is coming? I don't think so. I feel like they would show her. Probably, I don't think that she would come this season, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and 
poor Erin Krako. She's, she's going to be pretty busy if you check out her schedule in the next, <laughs> for, for the next year. She's going to be a busy lady. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll cut her a little slack. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we find out that there is going to be, there's going to be a fire at some point in the season. Right. Uh, and that Grace is, is, uh, uh, getting all the, the children, making sure they're safe. And then Lillian is, is even at the point of going after, I guess, into the fire. I don't know. Something, it looked like something like that. So they're very concerned. Uh, and that's the reason why Rosemary and Lee end up coming is because there was a fire and they come and bring the lumber and they're going to help rebuild and, and everything like that. So Pas- Pascal Hutton said in true Rosemary fashion, she said, <laughs> not only are we going to provide the lumber but we're going to deliver it yeah <laughs> so, and i'm paraphrasing but right right i thought yeah. i thought that is so Ro- rosemary isn't it yeah it's <laughs> so cute yeah i love that and i i was kind of thinking when they first showed clips i was like oh she is like looking very chummy with that little boy orphan like but I, I would find it hard to believe that they would do something that big of having uh lee and rosemary adopt a child on when hope calls because that's like such a big plot element that i don't think they would do that in a spinoff but i I thought at first but then it looks like they you know then it looks like in sort of other clips though they're just gonna they're they're not but um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how all that plays and it'll be fun to of course see them because they're my favorite so it'll be fun to see them on the show and i thought kevin mary did a great job and i don't think that uh he was quite uh, able to sort of shine as much as he will be maybe in the next season I think uh, on uh, when uh, when calls the heart just with all the the break and it kept it forever before we finally saw him and uh, but anyway he was great at doing the preview show and I remember I remember the break happened right before his introduction episode, his introductory episode yeah. was supposed to air. And I just went, no, <laughs> right before we're going to meet the new Mountie, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then we had to wait over a month. So, and he was definitely the quieter of the two suitors. I've heard tell, don't quote me on this, but I've heard tell that um, Alfonso, the the show's uh, runner, the, the show runner, uh-huh. he said that, the reason why Elizabeth asked Lucas to dance at the end was because he pursued her more. And it's definitely true. Nathan was quieter. Nathan was much more held back. He also had a niece to look after. And, you know, I personally am not sure about which team I'm on, team Lucas or team Nathan. But I will say this, that looking after a child and raising a child that is not his own he already has a lot of brownie points because if he and elizabeth do end up together then it's going to he's already had that practice of raising a child and loving a child that is not his own so yeah that's true i i I liked both of them i thought they were both fun i love chris mcnally i think he's so handsome they really did a good job of keeping it even yeah, they did. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. So speaking of love interests and uh, in general, we have love interests on when hope calls. So we have Chuck Stewart, who is the town vet played by Greg Havis. Havisian. 
and I do not know how to say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he uh, takes care of this ranch, and he's definitely sort of the sort of flirty moments with him and Grace. And uh, his mother is Tess, who we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but uh, it's a little bit of, they've got kind of a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing sort of going here a little bit with family feuding or whatever going on between them. And uh, he's pretty charming. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Greg said that the interactions with Grace and Chuck are between two headstrong people who have an opinion. And you watch the clips and you think, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these these two are going to be these two are going to be very interesting to watch i watched a clip that involved chuck coming over to thank rosemary for the lumber that she and lee are providing and rosemary and grace are sitting at a table together and then up comes chuck and grace is leaning on the table and her elbow slips because she's so busy looking at him and i I that thought, would be really cute, not, and I think that, that Jocelyn will be really fun with all that because yeah. she's so sort of nerdy and cute. Yeah, and I just thought, not your most headstrong moment, <laughs> but <laughs> that's more your quirky, flirty moment. But yeah. it was it was pulled off so well in the perfect Jocelyn manner. You know, it was it was yeah. so well done. And and then we have a love interest for Lillian, and this is uh, Gabriel Kinslow, uh, played by Ryan James Hatanaka, something, sorry. Uh, and I think it's Hatanaka. Hatanaka, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so he plays the town Mountie. He has a horse named Apollo. Mm. Uh, he, uh, uh, I guess he has been gone from the town. He's been gone from Brookfield for a time. Uh, now he's back and sort of just getting into the flow of things. He's got this office. He's, he's, he described himself as being a problem solver. And uh, we don't know, you know, what he's, where he has been gone uh, from, you know, this absence uh, that if he's been, you know, out doing some stuff similar to Jack or what he might even know Jack, who knows? We have no that idea. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, on my blog, I'm a fan fiction writer at the moment. Uh, and well, not at the moment, I should say. I've done fan fiction in the past. And one of the things, one of the stories that my friend Sarah and I wrote was the story of Nathan coming to town as one of the Mounties that Jack had saved. And so we talked about how would his age work and all of that. And the story is on my blog. And so we can provide the link for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but that was something that I thought would have been amazing would be having that connection. And so if yeah. RJ is what he calls himself, Ryan James, if RJ's character, uh, Mountie Gabriel, turns out to be somebody who knew Jack, I think that would be a perfect way to infiltrate that whole idea without it being too close to home. Yeah, I agree. And I think at the very least, he's going to have some kind of relationship with uh, Mountie, with Nate, with Mountie Nate, with- Oh, um, absolutely. Kevin McGarry's character, for sure. They will work together. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least some kind of reference to Oh uh, yeah, you know I worked with with Jack or something like that. Uh, it yeah. would make sense to me, but you know we'll see. I guess. 
And, and it looks like he's paired up with Lillian, yeah. which, I, which I think is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think that that one's going to be sort of more of a sweet, less sort of rivalry kind of opposites attract. I think it's going to be more of like a sweet romance. Well, and I also think that because of Lillian's serious and more determined personality and the way that she's the older sibling and she's always worried they said that in the in the greatest christmas blessing is you're always worried and so just the way that she is so cautious and takes care of everything that it makes perfect sense that she would fall in love with a mountie someone who stands for order and and who takes care of things and uh, RJ described himself, described his character as having an inquisitive mind and he's going to figure things out. And so it just, it makes perfect sense to me that those two would be paired up. I think so too. And I think they'll look, they'll be a good couple. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it, so let's talk about Tess Stewart. So this is Chuck's mother played by Wendy Crewson. She uh, runs the town. She's a landowner. Uh, so people kind of have to listen to her. She wears pants. She's very like independent and uh, she owns a bunch of cattle. She's so she's wealthy and uh, it, certain scenes she's selling a cow, a cow to Grace and right. Grace is trying to kind of haggle with her and she's just like not having any of it. I guess she's not interested in uh in chuck dating uh grace in any way or any kind of interest with there uh she's you know kind of uh she's going to be an antagonist kind of character i think yeah i think she's the season one gowan from when calls the heart that's what it appears to be <laughs> i don't think she'll be that bad no 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 not that bad but i but i read i read and i saw that there's bad blood between Lillian's yeah. adopted family and her family. And uh, Wendy Crewson said that she's a character that has no time for silliness. And that is a direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think she'll be like difficult and uh, I don't know, maybe something maybe similar to Josie Pissett's character a little bit, but she even is more of a criminal, I guess, but just in tone and feel, I think on when close the heart, but, um, but yeah, I know something a little bit different, I think. Uh, she's just going to be kind of cranky, I think, and difficult. Uh, but I don't think she's going to break any laws or anything like that. Oh, I don't think she'll break any laws, but she's definitely feared. Yeah. Is, yeah. is what she described. Is she runs that town. She, sa she says, this is my town. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with, definitely. Yeah. Which is really funny because she said at the very end of her little spiel at, in the preview special that she loves the message of hope and she loves the message of community. And I found that so funny yeah, I that, her that her character is probably going to stand for the exact opposite, but she herself just loves the message <laughs> of hope and loves the message of community and people helping each other and i said yeah. fabulous well, she, she might know about some some form of redemption that's going to happen we don't know but uh, but yeah it, that was kind of interesting the way that <laughs> well you know that i mean nobody's a true villain really on when calls the heart i mean maybe some of those outlaws that are like uh they were holding up but oh the tolliver gang they yeah, are yeah. outlaws all the way <laughs> yeah. criminals to the bone 
Right. Uh, so then the last person that we have to talk about major cast is uh, Maggie Parsons, who, uh, who's played by Haneke Talbot. She is the town nurse. She's new to the town and she is British, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> She's a Brit playing a Brit for I know. Wow. Because <laughs> up until now, you know, obviously Daniel Lissing uh, hid his accent uh, in, uh, in the rest of uh, the other you know people were or hiding their accents and so that's kind of interesting that they you know have her keep the british accent yeah and she's described as resourceful genuine and modern that she's a hundred years ahead of her time so <laughs> that's gonna be interesting to watch how do you yeah. how do you do that how do you have a nurse who's a hundred years ahead of her time at least mentally so that's gonna, gonna be, be fun, fun because it's kind of a pretty big contrast to faith who's more maybe when she first started faith was a little more independent but i feel like she's sort of more like sweet and calm and and everything now and uh and here you have in when hope calls you have this nurse who's very independent and very forward and modern and and everything like that and so it's going to be a fun dynamic to see uh, her as one of the characters. She's probably gonna be somewhat similar to an Abigail type character in the sense of uh, she's like, Grace and Lillian are gonna have their obvious romantic you know, partners or whatever. Whereas uh, both Maggie and Tess are going to be sort of these pillars in the town, whatever, that they, they, they kind of bounce characters off of if that makes sense like abigail was always a character that you could kind of pair with anybody you know mm -hmm. in the and and have her be in a plot with elizabeth or be in a plot with with gallon or be in a plot with rosemary it, it didn't matter she could kind of fit because she was right there in the middle of town and i think that's probably kind of what they're going to do with with maggie yeah so. maggie definitely seems that she could go anywhere mm -hmm. yeah so it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm excited to see just some fresh energy, some a fresh take on these sort of stories. I like the cast. I think it seems very well cast. I, I think the set seemed very well done. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Speaking of the set, did you hear that little spiel that one of the producers, I cannot remember his name, but one of the producers talked about that on set they have a 1910 model T oh, yeah, yeah. and it is the only one in existence that was built in the 1900s in Canada. It's the only one left in existence that is the original 1900s model T, the 1910 model T that was built in Canada and it's the only one left in existence. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And it still ends working. It's, it's yeah. Working. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, all right. Well, so we had some, a few little thoughts from uh, uh, our friends on Twitter about the show. So I'm just going to share them. So we have Lauren, uh, she says, uh, excited. Show looks great. And Jocelyn Hooden is adorable. Also, this preview special was so much better than all the others agreed. Uh, felt a lot more natural and the behind the scenes stuff was so interesting. Yeah, I think we both agree with that. Like the preview show yeah. was way better. 
so then Lisa, our co-host, she says, I'm going to watch the first episode and go from there. I fell off when calls the heart wagon after season three. So I'm going in with zero expectations. So there we go. Uh, Ann Riddle says, I would be more excited if I could actually afford a HMN. Right now I'm focusing on paying off my student loans. ASAP, hopefully I will be able to invest in Hallmark movies now after that debt is paid off. And I know a lot of people are feeling that and I totally, totally get that. That's what, I, that's the boat I'm in. So I'm yeah. with you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully maybe you enjoyed just listening to the recaps and getting it, getting a little bit of it that way. Uh, so, right, then last is the When Calls the Heart blog. She says, I'm really looking forward to this season. It reminds me of When Calls the Heart season one and that's my favorite season, so. There you go. That's the thoughts out there. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if I had to give it a, a rating, I would say, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd give it like a nine. I'm pretty excited about it. I really am. Nine out of 10. I agree. Excitement scale. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when it first started coming out with the previews and, and hearing about it, I stayed far away because I didn't think I was going to be able to be a part of it. Right. And I didn't think I was going to be able to watch it. So I just, I stayed away from almost everything. I joined the Facebook group, When Hope Calls, but I didn't really go on to it very much. And then I got invited to be part of this podcast. And I said, well, I guess I better change that. And so then I started looking up all the things I could find and I started reading it and I watched the preview special and I said, okay, officially excited now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, when I first heard about it, I was like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm willing party. That was selfish. Cause I'm like more work, more work for me <laughs> as a podcaster. <laughs> I have to cover well, all and, so. and spinoffs are such a gamble. They yeah, are they really such are. a gamble because you hear the word spinoff and immediately, usually it's a negative connotation. You just think, oh, trying to get more money, trying to do this, trying to yeah. do that. But I, yeah, I think they've done a really good job from what I can see. I saw a picture that Patty Bird had posted of Brian Bird and Michael Landon Jr., with Morgan and Jocelyn there on the set and said, Michael Landon Jr. and Brian Bird are working hard. I said, I bet they are. Oh my word. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, they've got their personal hand in it, which, you know, Always you gotta point. you gotta love Michael and Brian. If they got their hand in it, you know it's going to be good and it's going to have quality and it's yeah. gonna be something that we will enjoy as Hardies, as Hallmarkies all of that. So let us know what you think. If, you, when, if you're listening, let us know what you think of the show, uh, both after it airs, but also your excitement level. Uh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. Uh, we would love to hear uh, if you're excited, as, as excited as us or not excited. Let's, let's have a discussion. It'll be really fun. And uh, so Cammie, where can people find you on social media and on your blog? You can find me uh, at Cami Drama Girl on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook, Cami Townsend Clements. And my blog is hookedhardy.com. And I love feedback. I love ideas of things that you'd like to hear or read discussed. 
Love all of it. Great. And uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Homework is Podcast, all of our social media, iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and uh, please subscribe to my channel, uh, Rachel's, and please follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes and YouTube. Check that out. I'd really appreciate it. Family movie night reviews every single Monday night. So I love that. And this was so much fun. It's so great to meet you and talk about the show. Yes. Thank uh, you for having me. I'm so looking forward to the upcoming season. And uh, so thanks again. And please consider becoming a patron. We have, we talk about all these different shows and we have giveaways that anybody is eligible for as well as our Facebook group. So check that out. Have a link in the description all about it. So thanks again. And we'll talk again uh, later this week after the first, uh, after the first episode airs, first and second episode airs. It'll be really fun. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye everybody.